Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. Thank you. 
about this situation since then. And, uh, you know, really hoping that they found out, you know, what was going on and who these other victims are and, you know, just, you know, a word of caution. You know, these days and times, we seem to be raising our children much differently than the way we were raised or we raised our children. You know, the precautions that were taken back in the day, those precautions don't seem to be taking, you know, nobody's taking those precautions now. Like I said, the man just got finished coming out of jail, and he was, you know, he says that his daughter was at the pedophile and the rapist house, you know, spent the night without incident with his family. Well, what family does he have already that would even, like, be okay with, I'm still scratching my head, y'all, from yesterday's conversation. I'm still scratching my head. Oh, my goodness gracious. We also talked about, you know, just an update of that Texas fugitive who uh, massacred the family after they went next door and asked him to, you know, to stop the shooting on the porch, making all that noise so that their baby could sleep. And, you know, he chased them off the lawn and, you know, then went over next door and killed several people, including an eight-year-old. Well, come to find out that he had been deported five times Previously, he has been put out of the United States five whole times, and we're still trying to figure out how, A, he made his way safely back onto U.S. soil. We're trying to figure out how in the world did he feel so comfortable that he was standing out on the lawn, firing off his gun, not worrying about authorities, not worrying about somebody turning him in, not worried about anything. And now the negligence of the, you know, United States border system is now responsible for all those people dead in that house. Yes, yes, I'm placing blame. Because there's no way in the world had they been doing his job. No way in the world had they been doing his, you know, their job. He would have been back over here. Now, five times. Still another thing that I'm still scratching my head over. That we are so comfortable with the fact that the United States is not going to do their job. That he was literally, he was known was standing out on his front yard firing his gun off. They said there were so many shell cases in the yard, you could tell that this was a normal occurrence. And that's what makes this scary, that we could actually have this activity from a person who had been put out of this country several times but found his way safely, safely. And nobody even knew he was here. 
So, you know, but this is what, you know, we talked about yesterday, and we also talked about, you know, Pastor Carol asked the question, how do, you know, and why do mothers continue to have babies? And now they need so much help that the babies, the older babies, are taking care of the younger babies. So, oh, go back and listen. That was some conversation to be had. Pastor Jeff had a response. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. We were, we got our laugh on yesterday. So, you know, that this is this is a good thing uh, we had yesterday. Just funny, just funny, just very funny. So, today is Wow Wednesday. And uh, you know how we do on a Wednesday morning over here. On his due time with Pastor Steph. So, you know, I'm so happy to have you with us this morning. The ladies reign over here on Wednesday mornings. And uh, I can't wait to hear what Vivian is bringing to the table this morning. Well, listen, you better jump on board because we will not be on as long as we normally are today. Okay, so come on, come on, hurry up, go go get that, you know, healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time, but Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. You are looking at an abused child. Most men and women in prison today were abused children. The severe neglect and physical, sexual, and emotional abuse of our children make child abuse a national tragedy. It is estimated that there are at least one million cases of it in America each year. Over 2,000 of those abused children die each year. And because many abused children grow up to abuse their own children, child abuse is passed on from generation to generation. For many families, child abuse is a family tradition. Yet child abusers can be helped. Help destroy a family tradition. Write Prevent Child Abuse, Box 2866, Chicago, Illinois, 60690. abuse 
whether it was sexual abuse, whether it was, you know, mental abuse, physical abuse. You know, we're just going to give God thanks. Give God thanks. And, yes, they can be helped because there's a man named Jesus. There is a man named Jesus. So we declare that there is healing in the land. Okay? All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. As I said, um, our day will not be as long. So hurry up and tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on. We're going to give God thanks that we have made it safely, safely through the middle of the week. God has really blessed us, and we're giving God the glory that he is so rightly due. And we want to make sure that we don't cheat God out of his, um, his, you know, his, his, uh, his acknowledgement, you know, acknowledging that God is an awesome wonder, acknowledging that God is great, and he is worthy to be praised. Okay? All righty. We're going to get this uh, morning started with our girl, Vivian. Let's say good morning to Vivian. Good morning, Vivian. Good morning. Happy Wild Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well, thank you, Vivian. How are you? I'm well, thank you. That's good, that's good. What you got for us this morning? Excuse me. Alrighty, today on Socially Conscious, we are following last week's trend, and we are starting with an update That involves a name that we have not heard in the news in a while, and that name is George Floyd. According to reports, the last officer involved in the homicide of George Floyd has been found guilty this week. So there were four former police officers who were charged in the aftermath of Floyd's death. Chauvin was the one who pressed his knee into Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes, killing him. Two other officers helped hold him down. While this officer we're talking about today, Tahoe, held back bystanders. So Derek Chauvin was convicted on state murder charges in April of 2021. Thomas Lane was one of the officers who helped hold him down. He was sentenced in September of 2022 on a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. Jay Alexander pled guilty to a state charge of aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter in October of 2022. And on Monday, a Minnesota judge issued the guilty verdict to Tao. Um, He has been found guilty of aiding and abetting manslaughter. They say Tao made a conscious decision to actively participate in Floyd's death. He held back the concerned bystanders and even prevented an off-duty Minneapolis firefighter from rendering the medical aid Floyd so desperately needed. 
and apparently the judge agreed. And now Tao's sentencing for the manslaughter charge has been scheduled for August 7th. So he has been found guilty, and now we just wait to see how much time he would be serving. So this is a nice end to a very long chapter. Speaking of police, there is a bill being proposed that would have New Yorkers calling out police officers who are found illegally parked. The NYPD chief patrol says it's time to crack down on officers who break parking rules. He says there has been 39 times in the last four months where he has had to punish officers for parking illegally or blocking their personal license plate. He said he is docking vacation days of these officers. He is leaving person he is leaving notes in their personal files and some other type of punishments that will be had. So this bill would ask and allow citizens to take pictures and videos of all cars parked illegally, whether they are police or not, and send those photos to the city so the registered owner could face a fine. So this would now be the second time that we have spoken about where they are asking New York City citizens to help hold police accountable. If you remember a while ago, we talked about how they want you to take pictures and videos of officers on duty, in uniform, and on their phones so that they can be held accountable. And now they're asking for help with holding them accountable when it comes to parking illegally. I mean, I'm sure that there are people who are out there who would be happy to help, but I don't know. My thought is just maybe there are more important things to focus on regarding police accountability, but I guess that's just me. Next, we have another student fight ring in the headlines. This time, it's the coaches. The reports say that new video evidence has surfaced that showed two high school football players fighting it out in an alleged coach-sanctioned brawl at King's Fisher High School in Oklahoma. They say this video was taken back in 2018 and is now part of a lawsuit. Witnesses say participation was not optional when it came to what they are referring to as, quote, the ring, end quote. They're saying that the head football coach is accused of allowing these fights as part of a hazing ritual. They're saying these fights were used as a means to solve issues between players. For instance, if players were angry at another player due to something that happened at practice that day, they would make them fight in the locker room. The coaches would watch, egg it on, and laugh about it. In this lawsuit, they also have details of a player who was forced into the ring until he could no longer move, as well as another player who walked away with a black eye. They say he had to go home and tell his parents that a football hit him because he was afraid that they would go up to the school and complain if they knew the truth. The student told officials back in 2021 that he was worried he would behave even worse if he spoke out. They say on occasion... The coaches would even get into the ring with the kids and demand that the kids put their phones away. So they are being sued 
for $10 million right now, and they are looking for this coach to be fired because as of Monday, he is still he still has an Oklahoma teaching license, and he is listed on the district's website as the 2023 head football coach. So as far as everyone is concerned, he's still in place. I mean, this may just need to be updated, but, you know, as far as they know, he is still in place. He's still working with the kids, and he is still a football coach. So they are looking to have him fired. They're suing. And, again, another story of the adults not only even allowing it, but forcing them in, in this instance to fight. It's just a mess. But now we have our wild story of the week. And the husband and a father is coming out to talk about a pastor out in Kenya who runs a cult that caused the lives of his wife and six of their children. His name is Stefan, and he tells the story about the leader of the Good News International Church, Pastor McKenzie, who told his followers the world would be ending in June of 2023. And he says his wife believed him. He says that his wife left with their children last August, and he has been looking for them ever since. He told that his wife was pregnant when she left last year with their children, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, an 18-month-year-old um, were the ones listed, and he says that he later found out that his wife had given birth to a son who also died. He says that he alerted police numerous times, but unfortunately, no one was able to find the family. They say at the end of last week, the Kenya Red Cross reported that 410 people including 227 children who were thought to have some connection to Pastor McKenzie's church are now considered missing. So the pastor and his followers are out in some forests out there in Kenya and have isolated themselves from civilization. Some survivors who escaped the cult have come and told Stefan that his wife and children have died and have been buried somewhere out in the forest. The survivors were able to identify his family from pictures, and they just told him that he ought to just let it go because they were not, they weren't living any longer. So this is definitely a sad story, and it's even sadder that unfortunately it, it is connected to the church. Very sad story. But this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious, giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM. And come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners. And thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. I need some, excuse me, I need some information that I missed. So, okay, so they report that he has how many followers missing? Uh, 410 people total, including 227 children. 
Mm. Wow. And the family is no longer living and have been buried somewhere in the forest. Yes, according to some survivors who escaped. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. All righty, I think I got it all, but if you can hang on just in case we need a... Mm-mm-mm. We need some clarification. Thank you. Okay. Wow. You're welcome. I have a wonderful morning if we don't talk to you again. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Ooh-wee. I tell you. Unfortunately, as Vivian said, these stories are uh, attached to the church. Let's talk to our ladies. Let's say good morning to our Elder Natisha. Good morning, Elder Natisha. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are you today? Yeah, I am hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm excited to be on with the family this morning, and thank you to all of our listeners who join us. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, we got some stories from Vivian this morning. All right, so we got the last uh, one of the George Floyd cop murderers uh, who just got finished being sentenced. I'm not sentenced, I'm sorry. Uh, He's been found guilty of uh, his participation in the George Floyd death and you know would you say that this is justice I I think yeah I mean I think you know being held accountable for the murder of you know an innocent civilian or innocent or what or not just the murder of a civilian um, is absolutely um, the start of justice. I think justice would look like the discontinuation of these type of occurrences happening in America. But I do think that as we continue to hold people accountable, we do move closer toward um, actually achieving real justice. So I, I do believe that this is, this is a, a foot in the, in the right direction. We are grateful for this. All righty. What would you find as a fitting sentence? Well, I mean, what was he, what did, I, I, I may have missed that part. What was his, what did he, oh, uh, he just got found guilty, so he, we haven't gone into sentencing yet. I think, you, um, you know, this was, when when we look at it, there were, there were so many opportunities for them to have made another decision. And the fact that you took a life, I think it deserves for your life to be taken. Um, And I'm not talking about like death penalty or anything like that, but I am talking about his freedom. Um, I I don't believe that he should be able to enjoy his freedom. When you made a decision, when this man was screaming or when this man was saying, I can't breathe, you had a decision to make and you made a decision to continue to do what you were doing. And so I think um, a life sentence would be fitting. 
let's see what the other ladies have to say, Elder Natisha. Let's say good morning to our girl, Lady Tamika. Good morning, Lady Tamika. Good morning and happy Wow Wednesday to you. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you? I am doing well, thank you. That's good, that's good. All right, so we this last, last officer has been found guilty um, of uh, his participation in the George Floyd murder. Oh, uh, what's your thought? Did we do right all the way across the board or what? I believe that we did. Um, I find that the, um, when we're talking about, like, true justice, the the one who gives us swift justice is God. I find that when we're talking about the law, it, it just seems like everything happens at a slower pace, you know, um, you know, a year or so after, you know, um, then there becomes the pronunciation of, you know, a possible sentence or the fact that you were even found guilty. You know, I am glad that um, a guilty verdict has um, been rendered um, and now just waiting to see, you know, what happens with this individual. Well, what would you find to be a befitting sentence for this particular officer? Well, I think that you played a vital role in um, helping him or uh, seeing to the fact that George Floyd did not live. You had the opportunity to, you know, stop, you know, stop the situation. You know, it seemed like everybody just fell right under what Chavin said. And, you know, all these different participants, you know, could have kept George Floyd alive. And because you said, oh, no, 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 all the ambulance, everybody wait. Nobody moves until his life is phased out. And so you should serve just as much time as Chauvin does. All righty. Uh, let's see if uh, Minister Michelle agrees with your lady Tamika and uh, Elder Natisha. Let's say good morning to Minister Michelle. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> How, How are you are today? You? Oh, I'm good. good. I'm good. Sending love to everybody on this great morning. Amen, amen, amen. So what's your thought on this final uh, court case in regarding whether we're finding this last officer guilty or not? He's been found guilty. Have we finished off well? I believe so. Though justice grinds so slowly, but thank God, in this case, it's ending, I believe, as well as we could expect. Uh, Nobody got off. They all are being held accountable for it. So that, in my eyes, is a victory, you know, and definitely a start to things changing, I believe. And um, this officer, he was held accountable. He was guilty as the one that actually did the choking as well, you know, pinning him down and actually cutting off the breath, Chavins. And so I have no 
mercy whatsoever, and this God is so expensive thing. I believe that he should serve life like Elder Natisha said. He should get it. That should be his sentiment. Period. Alrighty. Alrighty. Yeah, you know, when you think about the fact that, you know, not only did he hold, you know, people back, didn't let anyone, um, you know, get involved, but he also held back, the, you know, med- any medical assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you really, yeah. you know, nail in in the fact that you just didn't care whether you were just acting brave or bravado was hanging out there or whatever you really was feeling. You yeah, you need to eat that um, life um, mm. experience of being behind bars. You know, you, you took one. Now yours has to be given as well, and you need to just spend the rest of your life behind bars. I agree with you ladies, definitely. All righty. Now, you know, we have a new bill that they're trying to pass that would allow New Yorkers, encourage New Yorkers to call out all officers who are illegally parked. You know, they say that the officers have been covering up their license plate and things like that to, you know, prevent... Um, you know, being noticed that they should not be parked there, and they've been docking vacation days um, and and leaving notes in the personal file. And, you know, Vivian is saying, well, listen, you know, now you got people policing the police. You know, here we go again. And, you know, what's your thought, Lady Tamika, in regards to getting the citizens involved with helping to bring justice to the fact that, you know, y'all get away with this kind of stuff. It's now time to put a stop to it since we can't necessarily catch them. You as, you know, as everyday citizens help us to, you know, combat this problem. What's your thought on getting the everyday people involved? I'm kind of concerned for your everyday citizen that reports. You know, there are Mm -hmm. ways of finding out that things have been done, you know, and because you have access, you know, as a police officer, you have access to a lot more information um, and how to get hold of it, you know. Then I become cautious for those who report. You know, it's like you report that something happened in this neighborhood, you know, and, and depending on the knowledge of the officer and the access that he or she may have, you know, then you concern, then you could be concerned for your life, you know. And, and, you know, even with when something as simple as taking a picture of an officer, you know, what if you get found, you know, then what happens? You know, I've seen things, you know, that I knew wasn't right, you know, even in my own neighborhood, you know, a, a police vehicle backing up a one-way street or driving down a one-way street without a siren. So how am I supposed to know you're coming? You literally, and there was no blinking lights. You just decided to back up or, you know, doing just crazy kind of reckless things. And you have to understand that the citizens of the neighborhood are in jeopardy by moves that you make. You decide that, you know, because we understand that sometimes when people are given a position, they take it indeed, you know, and, and it's a power move as opposed to, you holding up the law, it's 
I'm in this position and I have, because I'm in this position, I can do this thing. And so that's what they're trying to prevent. But it also can be very careful, um, cautious for those, you know, who see and report. Then what happens? You just got to be real, real careful. All righty, all righty. Minister Michelle, you know, they're just saying, you know, take a picture, send it in. You know, uh, what do you feel about, you know, people actually being uh, asked to get involved with this uh, police business? I feel the same way as Lady Tamika, um, that the fear of retaliation because, you know, with these computers and everything has to be documented, so uh, there is access, you know, if the officer himself doesn't have access. You know, they have friends in different departments. They can say, oh, I know I'll call so-and-so. They can access who did this, who reported me, so-and-so, and so And if they wanted to retaliate, I mean, who's stopping them? And so that would be my fear that this would be the type of thing that could start going on. So I understand the other flip side of, you know, reporting the police, you know, but if they can do it in a safe proof way that the person who's doing the reporting will not be ever found out or exposed, then citizens have at it, you know, take the pictures, do whatever you need to do. But it's just sad that now we have to police the police in this type of way. It's an irritation. I mean, we have so much going on, period, till now we have to do this. Come on, it's just too much. Tisha, where do you sit on this responsibility of the citizens? I think that um, part of the taxes that we is going toward their salary. Their job is a civil job, meaning that the purpose is to um, protect and to serve the people. And so I think um, getting rid of the God complex, that has plagued the police department, I think it is time to bring that to, to, to bring that to a halt. And I think that this is, again, one of those things where it is a step in the right direction. I, I, I honestly do believe, I mean, the same way that, you know, they implemented if you see cops on their phone not paying attention and you could just take a picture of them, um, real briefly and submit it, you know what I mean, um, to your local precinct or to whatever hotline, I think that this is another one of those opportunities. But their job is to protect and to serve the community, is to protect and serve the people. The people, we are paying their salary. Why should we not report it? I mean, I, I think it has gotten out of hand and out of control with the carelessness with the God complex, with you thinking that you are above the law that you vowed to protect, to honor, and and to demonstrate, it's it's ridiculous if you you know if you ever encountered their behavior and the arrogance in which they can move and, and operate in. So they'll give you a ticket for double parking, but then they will double park and back up a whole street and watch cars be backed up for miles, not able to get through a small street and stand there looking and watching it. So, yeah, no, no. I, th- I think it, it is 
it's time out for that. And I do think that this is the way that we bring them back into remembrance of the oath that they took in the academy when they vowed to protect and to serve people. Yeah, I, I, I actually feel that, you know, we're, we're, caught, we're caught between a rock and a hard place. I, I do agree that they are out of control. I, too, have seen them parked, uh, not double parked, cockeyed, where nobody could um, uh, come through. Mm-hmm. And they talking to another, somebody else in a patrol car, and just leaning mm-hmm. and chilling. I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. That's what we doing? And again, it's a power trip. We do because we yep. can and you can't say or yep. do anything about it. And I think mm-hmm. this is a way that now we can show that, you know, even mm-hmm. if it means just snapping a quick picture and sending it to mm-hmm. some, you know, some, some particular area, um, and you need, as, as the people who are making this suggestion, that we get involved, then it is your responsibility to ensure that there is an anonymous way to get this done, so there is no reverb. You know, like the ladies have said, we we, we shouldn't have to worry about that too. You know, oh gosh, mm-hmm. you know, some somebody, because yes, they will, they will, yeah, they'll drop a dime on you in a minute, because now they're mad. So it's your responsibility as the people that are asking us to get involved, because it is our responsibility to get involved, and we should be able to get involved as as the ones mm-hmm. who are suffering at at the hands of these people who are out of control. Mm-hmm. And they do need to understand that, yeah, you have a limit. And and the fact that this, this these people, these cops, are now being held accountable, that their people are now turning them in, that we're allowed to now turn them in, yeah, it's about that time. Because maybe now it will slow down from all this stupid stuff that they're doing where they really feel that you have no say. And this will be a way of us being able to have some kind of voice in this whole, you know, uh, uh, process while they're doing this stupid stuff. So my, my thing is protect us. Protect us. You want us to help you? We're willing to help. Then you have a responsibility to protect everybody who is submitting a picture. So you, you shouldn't have to worry about nobody submitting the, or submitting a picture and now somebody coming back after you. Because I mm-hmm. guarantee you, if they can, they will. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mm-hmm. definitely agree that, oh, yeah, they're coming after you. They're going to make your life a living hell. We've done, we've done stories, a particular story, out in some other state where the people were turning the cops in and they were making these people's lives hell. Because, the, the, you know, your community is small enough where they're telling, you know, everybody know everybody. So, yeah, they, they yeah. will. So, yeah, you have a, an obligation to protect us. Get them off the streets from doing this stupid stuff. All right, we got these coaches who are going buck wild, this hazing. You know, now you don't even have to join a fraternity or a sorority to experience hazing, not only by other students, but now we've got the coaches involved. They're, um, um, they're now in the ring at times, uh, participating and making things worse. And unfortunately, one of the coaches that have been 
um, that's been found to be involved, it doesn't look like he's not a, a, a part of the staff anymore. Now, if you look up the, the, the current staff at the school, he is still shown to be a coach of the football team. And, you know, they're now trying to ensure that he's off and out of that job. And, you know, again, you, you have a, a, a child who goes home and lies that his black eye is not from the hazing, but from a football hitting him in his eye for fear that he's going to have to suffer some consequence behind telling this. You know, our children are going to school, going to school not to just be bullied by the children now, but now the coaches. Uh, Minister Michelle, how do we protect our children at this point? I know listening to this is it's like, is this really happening? Our society has gotten this deprived, depraved. Oh my God, it is. The school is supposed to be, our children are supposed to go to learn and to be protected, but they're at risk even in the schools with these coaches and these teachers. And I'm, the only thing I'm thinking is okay, I know there's supposed to be PTA and Parent Teachers Associations. Well, there's got to be some accountability, <clears throat> um, a system put in place that every teacher, every coach has to be accountable to somebody, not the board, with the school board, because sometimes they are right in cahoots and they That's are right. the That's all of this type of stuff. Right. So they're not going to speak up because they're trying to cover themselves and keep the money flowing or whatever, because usually it right. always falls down to money. So it needs to be a, a, a parent teacher, a, a parent association, where their members that they are looking at every teacher, looking at every coach, in and out. I'm talking about a physical presence when they know that certain rehearsals and or practices or whatever that goes on in that particular school to watch to see what a coach is doing, to watch what a gym teacher is doing, to watch to see what a regular teacher is doing on a regular basis so that they can see with their own eyes and it will not be this sneaky stuff going on. And I believe if they could put something in place, not just wherever this school was, but all around, because well, usually when something happens in one place, if you start digging, you'll see, oh, okay, That's right. it's going That's on right. over there, it's going on over here, and it's a widespread situation. So there has to be the parents have to rise up, I believe, and demand that we have access to these schools to be able to see exactly what's going on with my child. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Elden Tisha, how else do you think we can now combat, you know, these coaches? Again, you know, this, this, this wall of silence, because we've done um, uh, stories of you know, the, the staff and the powers that be who protect, you know, these people who are guilty of this behavior? Well, I mean, I think, right, there's a theme to what we're talking about today, and it is the abuse of power. And everything we've talked about thus far, it yep. has been when, when mm-hmm. power goes far, when um, – those who have been given a responsibility take that responsibility and abuse it. And so here is when we have to step in, right? You know, 
um, athletics was always a great form of development for young people. It was a way to teach them how to uh, be a part of a team, how to work together, how to right. have discipline. Right. Um, right. And so parents trusted coaches to be able to do that, especially with um, children coming from single-parent homes where perhaps there wasn't a father involved. Well, being, you know, on a team allowed for them to get that one-on-one close exposure and discipline and rough love, hard love, tough love from the male figure in the athletic space. But I think that there has to be limits to, to how far that goes. Anytime, you know, it, it goes from helping to develop the man to breaking the man and injuring the man, then I understand, right. you know, not by gender, but simply uh, in humanity, then I think, you know, we, we've crossed the line. And then that's when, we again, where we have to take matters into our own hand and begin to police um, ourselves. We have to get right. involved. We have to be a part of the process. No longer can we just trust our children, um, you know, in these spaces. But now, we need to be there. We need to be making sure. We need to be pop, popping up at practices, mm-hmm. at, you know, putting an end to these closed practices where parents right, are not, right. you know, allowed. And, again, even that with limitations, right, because then we can have that too far where you got a mother willing to give a kidney or liver for her son to get right, a job. Right. Like, we just don't know. We just got to find, we got to find yes. the boundaries. Very right. to, to be yes. able to, to do all of this. We need Jesus. We just we need help. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's true. It, it, it's so true. You gotta it, you give an inch, somebody gonna take a mile. Uh Lady Tamika, what are we talking about here? You know, the coaches. Now we're talking about coaches going wild. Yeah, you know, it's one thing you got to, and I'm speaking from my past, you know, um, the cousins would get together and we had, you know, one guardian or uncle or something, you know, every now and then when we didn't get along, (laughs) he would let us tough it out, you know, and, you know, we would, you know, we're kids, we fight each other and, you know, we would laugh and that type of thing. That's one thing. You're being paid to take care of our children. That's something entirely different. On a daily basis, you are supposed to be the guardian of our children, and this is what you do. You know, we have also had an incident where a teacher was like something about slap boxing or something like that. You yeah, slap yeah, box in the classroom, and then sat yep. there and idly, right, and idly allowed children to just, you know, deteriorate each other. You know, the other thing that gets me is you are now. People, you know, you had students that said, I I didn't want to do it, but I didn't have a choice. And then not only having a choice, now I got to lie about it. And nine times out of ten, the child's not wise enough. And I'm not saying the children are stupid, but the child's not wise enough to think, oh, I got hit by a football. You know, and depending on the parent, you know, I know my child. And so when you say you got hit by a football, wait a minute, that was over here. You got hit by a football there. You know, and the bruise doesn't look, you know, depending on the parent, if you're inquisitive enough, that bruise doesn't look right. You question a little bit more. You start looking at your child, and the child doesn't want to look you in the eye or doesn't want to hold, you know, conversation about it. You know, oh, I, I, I got hit in the face. Just drop it, you know. 
Why, why are you all of a sudden don't want to talk about it? You know, those are things that you can pursue as a parent, you know. And so, again, um, we need to have a big eye on everything. It's, it's ridiculous. You can't even have your child get, um, you know, examined by what's supposed to be, you know, a guardian again. You know, we've had women say that, you know, they were assaulted, molested, sodomized, you know, all types of stuff, you know. And so, unfortunately, now we have to have a big eye on everything that's out there. You know, and even when you when you think that, oh, no, no, that's okay. I can let my child such and such. Surely I can, I can go run an errand while such and such. No, you need to be there. You know, and I'm one of those ones. I don't have a, ch- a child of my, of my own. And I know for a fact that I would be one of those hoovering parents. Everywhere you everywhere you go, you're gonna find me there. <laughs> so, you know, and, and and I'm not crazy. I have a reason for it, you know, and now as I see mm-hmm. there's a reason why you have over in Paris because the world is not kind to your children and there's an agenda out. And mm-hmm. as a as a parent you know it. You know, and so when you hoover you know, maybe you have to explain to the child, the child's uncomfortable, but hey, baby, you know, if I don't do it, somebody else may take advantage of it. And you need to make sure that you have those one-on-one conversations. It's not that I want to, you know, follow you everywhere I go, everywhere you go. However, I need to be a guardian of you for the things that you can't see and the things that you don't yet know. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, again, like you said, if you're now the child has to go home and, you know, it's one thing when you're being bullied by another student and you don't say anything. But now you got to worry about the kid being bullied by the mm-hmm. process of what happens after or during mm-hmm. practice. Or now if the practice don't go a certain way, now I'm going to have to suffer the consequence. Who wants, who wants to live like that? Why should they have to be forced to live like that. This is a time of their life. You know, we send our children to school, and what do we tell them? Oh, the only thing you got to worry about is getting an education. Well, no, that's not the case anymore. They don't only have to worry about getting an education. They got to survive, you know, it, 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 and it's a scary situation. And, you know, the, this is this is why I, I say this is why we need to be praying over our children. This is why we need to teach our children to pray for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from the time that they, you know, leave the home because we don't know what they're experiencing. You know, school ain't what it was when we were going. And they are really, you know, having to endure a whole lot of stuff. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Vivian's well story. So we've got this situation out in Kenya where there's, you know, a cult that is existing and a husband and father uh, has really gotten the rough end of his wife actually being a part of this cult. She left while they were, while she was pregnant along with their children after the leader told them that the world was coming to an end in June of 23. He later finds out that the wife gave birth and that particular child died. And now from people who have uh, gone away and were isolated at one point with this uh, group, uh, 
410 people, including 210, I believe, Vivian said 210 children. You know, there have been some escapees, and unfortunately they have been able to tell the story um, of what has gone on while they were isolated, and unfortunately this husband and father has been told that you know, you know, don't don't look for your family to return because they are all dead and have been buried somewhere in the forest. Hmm. Elder Natisha, we're starting with you. So I, I have a hard time associating that with the church, right? I think the question was, like, here we are with the, the, the church. I think the moment we assign it and identify it um, as a cult, from what I understand biblically about the church, that is not the church. And mm-hmm. so, again, it's it's unfortunate, right, that because someone disguises themselves as such, right, not biblically, but utilizing it based on Webster's Dictionary, a church that just gathers people together. So I, I just want to kind of make that clear, that there is a differentiation between right. the ecclesia, the called out, the separated, right, that, that, that function and that we associate as the church and then Webster's Dictionary <laughs> that, uh, you know, just anybody can gather together. Satanists have a quote-unquote church because they have a place of gathering. So now this cult, I do not associate as the people of Christ. They are not people of the way. They are not. They're, they're not individuals that um, we associate with. So, as far as I'm concerned, that is the world doing what the world does, being influenced by demonic entities and activity that is leading to their to their demise, leading to their death. And it is sad that today we still here we go with the abuse of power. Why do we continue to give ourselves over to the influence of humanity? Mm-hmm. Why do we continue to allow um, foreign spirits, way, way with thoughts, uh, like just unimaginable uh, perspectives and ideas to lead us into destruction? What could ever make me follow a man to the point of drinking the Kool-Aid and ending my life? Mm-hmm. What could ever bring us to the point of bringing our children to be a part of something that would ultimately lead to, ultimately lead to our death? In today's society, in today's just knowledge, the, the information, we don't live in a space where information is scarce. We live in a space where information is overloaded. There's absolutely no reason for it. So I don't mean no harm, but all 200 and something of those individuals that made a deliberate choice to follow a human to death is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it is not. It is not, I repeat, it is not the church, not the church of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Lady Tamika, 
I am, I'm, I, I am uh, in tune with Elder Natisha in that, you know, enough, you know, and what what I'm seeing or what I'm finding is the absence of God. You got to replace it with something, you know, even if it doesn't make sense, you know, um, and we keep seeing this nonsensical stuff, you know, people uh, killing themselves on the church ground, you know, beheading themselves, you know, burying themselves and then saying that in three days, you know, they're going to rise. You know, this is where the foolishness of man transpires because what happens is, you know, you got to replace God with something and you find all kinds of crazy, you know, nonsensical stuff that replaces something that can save you, something that can heal you, you know, a man that can refresh you, replenish you when you're down and not have you do all kinds of crazy things. And it seems like the farther they get from, from God the worse the situation transpires. I just, I just gave you at least three instances that make absolutely no sense. And it doesn't make sense because it doesn't follow any of the premises of the word. And so, you know, and then the other thing, I, I was watching some episode where in a foreign country there is mind control. So you can't watch TV and you don't have access to news, you know, and you become isolated. You know, so that the only thing that you hear repetitiously is this, this nonsense, you know, and because you don't look out for yourself, you don't read your word, you know, you go by what is stated, you know, this is how you end up there, even to death. Mm. You ladies are making some really vital points here. Minister Michelle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> when I think about this and I it, it I cringe because how do we get here like I understand it's a demonic spirit. I understand that and these demonic spirits are all over the country, all over the, you know. And people have just denounced God. They just have no fear or reverence of God they just denounce God and they just because they have such an urge and this is what I'm feeling like people have such an urge and such a desire to be accepted and to be a part of things that they're willing to get themselves involved with anything that will say oh I accept you come on in be be a part of this be a part of this Join us, join us. And people are just fiending, or fiending, I should say, to be a part of something. So they don't, but it's amazing how they don't want to be a part of the church and God and what he's offering, but they'll open up themselves to the cult and feel so accepted and loved and ingratiated till they will do whatever they're told to do and it's really becoming a big thing but I think it all stems from the fact that people want to have this acceptance they want to be approved and they're going to great events to get it and it doesn't matter to them which or who gives it to them 
but it's usually the dark side that they end up going to because Satan is just filling their minds. I mean, it's it's really disheartening, even though this is in Kenya. However, you know, there's parts in America that people are doing some of these same things and these little rural country little rural country little places that we don't even hear in the low uh states. So it's it's widespread and I believe that we'll be hearing more and more and more of these type of things because people just do not want to accept God. They do not want to hear about God and what he's offering, but they will be more willing to accept what Satan is offering. And it's really sad, but for all of those, for all of us that are believers and are <sighs> proclaiming the gospel, we cannot keep silent. We have to keep saying what thus saith the Lord and declaring what it really is. And we can't be afraid to say these are demonic activities. The devil is loose. Sometimes we don't want to say that because, you know, want people like, oh, you're so fanatical. No, we've got to get even more uh, stronger in that to sound the alarm because too many people are being caught up in these type of situations. Absolutely, absolutely. You ladies have made a, I mean, a vital point here today. I'm going to just in, uh, kind of infuse uh, Pastor Charlene's faith over fear in this particular area because it's definitely something that you three have already spoken about. So let's just add our Pastor Charlene to this equation. Good morning, Pastor Charlene. Good morning, good morning, good morning, ladies. How is everyone doing today? Well, thank you. Well, good morning. Uh, Pastor Charlene, you know, the ladies have spoken, and they have all somehow, some shape, some form and fashion kind of teetered straight into that faith over fear issue. When we That's why I didn't particularly ask a, a direct question. I just, you know, said, okay, these, this reminded them of what we were talking about, and you have at it because there's so many dynamics that are added into this particular story. But how does faith over fear for you um, get infused into this particular story? Well, I truly agree with, with everything that has been said. Um, and one of the things that I also was thinking about of that the circles that we allow ourselves to be a part of um, plays a big part in our brain, which a lot of people, you know, uh, are in our ears. And it made me think of where that um, when the people are searching for something, um, and they just be a part of something, they don't actually do the homework, meaning like when the people come to church, we talk about how they don't pick up a Bible, they just there, how they don't search the word for themselves, how they just don't um, ask questions because they don't want to show that they don't know. Um, instead of praying and asking God to lead them to someone that will make sense of the word and being able to do the homework. Um, so when you do come a part of something, 
a lot of times, you know, they don't show you the way. They don't take that time out, right? So it made me think of that's where we fall at. It comes into laziness, right, um, because we choose not to. Um, it also comes into um, because my my mama, my daddy, my grandmama, this is what they have done, so we just follow what they have done, not knowing why. So it really made me think of that, per se, of um, not being able to know God for yourself, asking God, praying to God, and surrendering to God, you know, of give us the path to walk on, you know. So it made me think of that as well, um, and where that we get to the place as well of not only searching for ourselves, but also have an experience. A lot of times people get caught up because they only stay in one place. So mm-hmm. like we was raised, what happens in our house, my mama chicken is the best chicken. We raised on Tide. We raised on Ivory Soap. And you don't know no other because you have not went out to experience anything else. Then someone introduces you to something else. It's the same thing. Once somebody say you can't be involved in anywhere else but just this place, that should make a red flag. That should make a red flag and to make you think. Amen, amen, amen. You know, we're going to take this time right now. Um, As I've said, it's going to be a shorter segment uh, show this morning. We're going to take this time while everybody is on to hold hands and hold hearts because we need we need a savior. <laughs> we we need a savior. Uh, a lot of us are just like everyone has said, just choosing everything other than the Lord. Uh, to Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, dear God, for just ushering us into such a beautiful day, Lord. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, again, as I always say, for the ability to just wake up and start our day uh, in conversation, in prayer, in thought of who and what you are. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for all of your workers in your vineyard just coming together, God, to educate um, your people, to educate one another, to hold hands and hold hearts as we lift this world before you. God, we need a Savior, and we're so grateful because you knew this from the beginning. And you had a plan for such a time as this. And, Lord, where we have um, all of these people reaching and, you know, uh, coming together um, in groups where everyone is just following, following. Again, as been said, you know, no thought to do my own research, no thought to just find out if this is true, no thought as to whether I should be here or not. 
And we give you thanks, God, that we're not of that mind. That we are sounding the alarm as we actually broadcast in places like Kenya, in Kenya itself. And we're praying, dear Heavenly Father, that the words that are shared here today, that the wisdom and the knowledge that you have given your people here today would reach just one person, God, because that could be infectious, because one could tell two, two could tell four, and so on, God. And we thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that we have the ability right from our spots. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to get dressed. We don't have to make sure our hair is done. We don't have to make sure that we're dressed a certain way. But just the sound of our voice delivering your word this morning, each and every morning. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that those right people are listening, that they are ripe right now, that they want out right now, and that you are using this this panel, this group, these women of God to help them get that out that they have desired, that they've been asking for. Your word says you have not because you ask not. Well, God, we're going to trust that right now there are people who are asking. They're asking. Even if they don't understand it, they're asking for you, but they want out. And we're praying to Heavenly Father that we can continually be used day in and day out for people who are seeking better. Because we understand that you're not just better, you're the best. You're the only way out. And all of the things that these people are searching for, that hearing this show today helps them understand that there is a Savior that all they have to do is speak his name. Just trust him. The way we trust man, just trust God. Just trust his son. And you can be delivered out of darkness, out of danger, out of any situation that God does not want you in. And we want to thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you made yourself available to us so that we could be here right now, that we're not amongst that group there. Because at one point, (laughs) we were. Whether it was a group of that magnitude or not, we were on our road to death. But you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And the way we say thank you is to reach out and help to take someone else out of that same situation. So again, we we just lift your name up high, God, because if it weren't for you, our name could be on that roster. Mm. 
Our name could be a part of that. Our children could be byproducts of this. And we're going to lift up uh, this gentleman who was seeking his family only to find out that they're gone. That they're gone. Mm. Give healing, God. We ask you to just place your balm right at their fingertips so that they could be comforted because he's not the only one. He's not the only one with that kind of news. Anyone else, God, even in the States who is finding themselves watching their loved ones follow behind these cults, we pray to Heavenly Father that you give them healing and comfort and peace. That if they've done everything that they could do, they didn't just throw their hands up, but that they've given you to the situation. They tried everything. They may not have even considered you, God. But now, as a last-ditch effort, and we're praying that you know, we don't have to get to the point where you, you know, that the song, when you've tried everything and everything has failed. No, we can't live by that anymore. We can't live by that anymore, but that we would seek you first. That we would seek you first so that everything would come right behind it. So we give you thanks, God, that we can utter this today, that we are on this side of the fence. That if any of our families, any of our loved ones are not focused on you right now, dear Heavenly Father, that they would turn themselves around. Because you are the only true way out. You are the only way in. (laughs) Thank you, God, for revealing yourself to us. Such a gift. Such a gift. Such a gift. Such a gift. The gift that you have given us. Thank you. We love you, Lord. And we give you the glory and the honor, so rightly do your name. We ask you to bless every single minister, not only here today, but any time during the week, that we would continue to put you first so that you could use us in a mighty way. We don't want to be used with only 10% of who we are. We want to be able to be used 100%. And any time we're not following you, any time we're off on the beaten path of our own will and way, that's the portion that you can't use. And we want to submit and surrender ourselves to be used by you entirely. We give you thanks again, God, for knocking on our door and choosing us because we would not want you. If you did not come for us first So thank you Father Thank you We love you and we honor you In the precious name of Jesus we pray Amen We thank you so much um, All of our Due time crew members We give God thanks 
for all of you who continuously come on each and every week to just sound the alarm, to tell of God's goodness, to give God the glory. And we pray that you have a blessed day. Thank you again for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray that you are blessed day in and day out. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew, the ladies, for holding it down as they always do, week by week by week. Thank you for hanging out with us today and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, I love you. <laughs>